0: Welcome to the NAFSA International Educator Podcast, the official voice of International Educator Magazine, brought to you by NAFSA, Association for International Educators.
1: Hi, I'm Elizabeth Henley, Editor-in-Chief of NAFSA's International Educator Magazine. As the Biden administration marked 100 days in office on April 30th, the milestone took place during a whirlwind week for State Department announcements, travel advisories, and other updates and happenings that affect international students and scholars in the United States. In this episode of the International Educator Podcast, I'm joined by Dan Berger, an immigration attorney based in Massachusetts. He gives his perspective on the first few months of the Biden administration and the implications for the field. We also discuss what international educators can expect from government agencies in the next few months the negative effect of uncertainty, and his wish list for the rest of 2021. Thank you for joining me today on the International Educator Podcast. I'm really looking forward to hearing your perspective on certain immigration issues and what they mean for international education. Um, President Biden's 100th day in office uh, was April 30th. And yeah, today I'd just like to talk with you about What's happened during those first 100 days, um, what the implications have been for international education, then I'm curious to hear kind of any insight into what international educators maybe can expect from the administration and agencies in the next few months, and then finally kind of what you hope to see for the rest of the year. And I know these are big topics and uh, certain situations seem like they're changing by the day, as we've seen in the last couple weeks, so So I guess we can just jump right into it. Uh, So in your perspective, if you had to pick the top kind of four or five things of significance that have happened in the Biden administration's first 100 days in office, things that really have significant implications for the field, um, what would those things be? And then, you know, what are those?
0: Well, thanks, Elizabeth. I appreciate the opportunity to to talk about this as everything is happening so quickly. I think what we're seeing, you know, not surprisingly, is a reversal of, of trends. And so the the patterns are are developing, but they're still very much a work in progress in each case, I would think. Um, in terms of humanitarian categories, we, you know, we're we're happy to see um, DACA is back and not only saved by the Supreme Court, but actually supported by the administration with with guidance and you know, relatively decent processing times. Um, we've seen TPS not only you know, reinforced for the countries that had it, like, like Haiti and, and others, but also added in terms of Venezuela and Burma. And that's very much appreciated. Um, TPS, for those who don't know, is is a humanitarian program for people who are in the U.S. where the situation in their home country is really, unfortunately, not good. And so it gives them an opportunity to to be here and and not worry. And then uh, special student relief. This is something that the higher ed community has been advocating for really since the beginning of the pandemic. It's... um, I mean, you can you can Google special student relief and you'll see all about it. But basically, it's, it's a way that the Department of Homeland Security can add more flexibility to some of the very complicated student visa rules in difficult situations. It did not happen at all last year. It happened this it's happened this year with um, uh, with Venezuela and Syria, obviously very much appreciated. Um, I think as long as the pandemic continues, especially, you know, unfortunately, you know, very seriously, particularly in other countries. We we would like to see special student relief for all different kinds of of applications. So that's number one, sort of, um, is humanitarian relief. We're starting to see more sympathy for humanitarian cases. Number two is just guidance. Uh, We, you know, as, as all of you know, we just had a tough time last year getting information in a timely way, getting clear information, getting answers to questions. The SEVP guidance, the guidance for F1 students for the fall has already Come out. Um, There are still a lot of questions, but at least it's not last minute, and so we can, you know, schools can begin to, you know, to plan. So that's that's number two. Number three is obviously travel. Um, There's it was particularly tough again last year um, with U.S. consulates being closed, being inconsistent, canceling appointments that were scheduled, Um, and even though it's not perfect, and we still would love to have more guidance, we're starting to see some clearer understanding of what's going on, some real prioritizing of students, which is great, um, even in countries where there is a COVID travel ban. And we're starting to see more decisions made about travel that are really based on public health in a clear way and really being evaluated regularly. And and, uh, and I guess, you, I think you mentioned four or five, I'll give you four. Um, for number four, I would say just cleaning up the, the mess in delays and mistakes and processing. Um, I think all of us, I've been doing this, you know, over 20 years. Um, I, I've never seen so many consistent delays, which is kind of understandable during COVID. But I've also never seen so many mistakes, so many uh, cases d- denied mistakenly or rejected in the mailroom mistakenly. And that uh, very, very slowly, I think, is being turned around and, and
1: cleaned up. Well, thank you for that overview. So I, I'm also curious, you know, if you had a crystal ball, I know things are changing rapidly, especially in, in certain countries as the pandemic spikes in certain countries and wanes in other countries. What do you see happening uh, in the next six months? I think especially from the administration and, and other agencies that will have implications for the field.
0: Well, again, we we sort of look, look here in the US and abroad. Maybe we'll start abroad. Um, we all kind of hope that we wouldn't be in this situation again for another another summer. Um, last summer was just tough in terms of uncertainty. Um, a lot of students didn't get here. Um, I, I think what we're going to be watching very carefully is the COVID situation on the ground in many countries, and also the ability of U.S. consulates abroad to process visas um, in some in a timely way so that people can come to the U.S., and then the ability of the the CDC and others to create clear guidance that makes people comfortable having large numbers of people here. I'm hoping that with some good planning and the fact that they're thinking ahead, that there will be perhaps more interview waivers so that there are fewer in-person services to get interviews. Which But I think there still will be uncertainty because actually putting a visa stamp in a passport, laminating that machine-readable visa into a passport, Is something it's an in person service, and during COVID, especially when it's really, you know, raging, spiking in a particular country, anything that's an in person service is harder to do. There's more social distancing. There are fewer people who can come in. There are fewer, and so, so in terms of, of visas abroad, I hope that there can be more interview waivers. I hope that they can keep up the ability to process visas, and I hope that they can come up with clear guidance so that people are are tested and. And quarantine when they get here, and and if if they are vaccinated and the vaccine that they got abroad isn't accepted here, that they can have a, a way of, of addressing those situations. This is going to be hard because um, COVID is such an extreme variable. I think we have a little last year we had two variables, which was the, the administration and, and COVID. Now we re- now we have the administration variable is a little less, and the COVID variable is is still extreme. And then also looking forward abroad, we're going to try to wait and see what effect this prioritization of foreign students, which is really incredibly welcome, um, has on everything else. You know, does the fact that international students are now prioritized for visas and exempt from most COVID bans, does that mean that all my H-1B Clients are not going to make it here because they're going to be at the bottom of the list. I I don't know, uh, and we're going to be watching that pretty carefully. And it's nerve wracking for students who are graduating or who are who are abroad and have gotten jobs um, here in the U.S. I think we really need the Department of Homeland Security to continue cleaning things up and and to talk to us. You know, I, it, it sounds so obvious, but I think one of the Real success stories with NAFSA and Ala and other organizations over the years has been to communicate and to, um, to have us be part of beta testing and 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 looking for for patterns. I think, you know, when there is you know, polite communication with, with the government, we can tell them, well, maybe even before they see it that we're seeing a pattern. Or maybe we can tell them that people are confused or that that there's, you know, we really appreciate the new FAQ, but number 17 for or yeah, you know, whatever doesn't. It just isn't clear. And, and that kind of back and forth really helps. No, no FAQ was ever perfect. I can tell you I've seen a lot of them. But and there's always questions. There's always uncertainty. So I think here, I think we need, we, we need to keep working on efficiency and, and working on delays. But we also need to, um, to have regular communication so that, so, so that problems can be fixed and questions can be answered in a timely way.
1: Have you seen an improvement um, in that kind of communication since Biden took office and there have been changes in agencies?
0: A little bit. Yeah, I, I think um, the, a lot of the key people at the Department of State and even the, the new director of, of the U.S. Immigration Service have just been nominated. They haven't been through their confirmation hearings. They're not in place. So there's still kind of a, a transition team I do think there's there's interest in listening. Um I think during the transition there was interest in asking a lot of questions. But there there we don't have anything like what we used to with you know on the big picture the old homeland security academic advisory uh committee or council which was you know a way that at the very highest levels that that homeland security and higher ed could talk to each other. And then at the lower levels we we don't really have liaison with USCIS, we don't it, to, just to, to ask questions, to meet regularly and, and talk and share ideas. So I, I hope that's coming.
1: Well, speaking of things that you hope are coming, uh, if you could write a wish list for what could come uh, for the rest of the year, I'd be curious to hear what would be on that list in addition to kind of this increased communication. And that really sounds like it was very productive for a long time.
0: My wish list would be. A real and I know this sounds kind of vague but a real prioritization of, of international education I think just from top to bottom just a, a mission statement that this is important and and also a a real understanding articulation of just how damaging uncertainty is I think we all know that bad policies are negative the Muslim man was negative I think it, it may Potentially scare people coming from from certain Muslim countries for for years. But beyond negative uncertainty is is really so hard for international students and scholars. Like even I mean, think about what happened on Friday just a few days ago. This pod, podcast is being taped. You know, the first Monday in May, and on on Friday we had um, uh, we, we had an announcement of the travel ban from India, and then hours later there was. A clarification that international F1 students would would get a national interest exemption. You have to understand how fast everything moves nowadays. Those three hours, social media was exploding. International students from India spent those hours, you know, trying to to wonder: Well, sh- should I try to get on a plane now? You know, should I should I get to a third country? Do I have an aunt and you know in 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 Belgium that I can go stay with and apply for? It was it was just just crazy. And that was three, that was maybe three, four or five hours. Um, so y- you need information. And even if those two announcements of, of the national interest exemption and the India ban could have been at the same time, it would have helped. Um, and I remember uh, some of you have heard me talk before, heard me say this, I was really impressed by it. But um, I, I gave right after the right in 2017, I was doing a, a talk at a school and they, they paired me up with the head of the counseling service. And she she, she talked about how uncertainty can be harder as a, as an emotional mental health issue, even than bad news. Cause with bad news, you can plan, you can say, okay, I'm not going to do this or, and you can, um, but with uncertainty, it's just constantly tiring. So long answer to your question. Short answer is just uh, uh, on my wish list really would be a real commitment to inf- information and answering questions so that people can make plans. Um, and then my own, my own pet project is about entrepreneurs. I think, you know, obviously we're all, in, we all have limited bandwidth. We're all thinking about um, what could be, you know, we're thinking about COVID. We're thinking about processing delays. We're thinking about uh, international travel, but but as a longer term project, as part of the economic recovery from this pandemic, international entrepreneurs are, are going to be a big part of this. And there are a lot of ways that the, the current programs just haven't kept up. Most international student, you know, regulations, guidance, we're really set up on the model of people being full-time students and. The, the, the prohibitions on working are really kind of trying to deal with old issues where somebody was was sort of in school but basically delivering pizzas to, to make money. And but now um, there's a real need for CPT reform. There's a real need for a lot of new new ideas, um, new guidance to to help colleges and universities feel comfortable allowing their students to engage in entrepreneurial activities and not violate their student visa. Um, That's something I'm working on. A group of us have an article uh, coming out for the Brookings Institution probably in about a month, and it's something we'd love to see.
1: I'm curious from your perspective what the international education community can do to help things like that move forward.
0: Yeah, I, I think two things. Um, one is just get to know your government relations person if, if you haven't already. Realize that everybody's tired. Everybody has limited bandwidth. So, you know, try to, you know, as, as President Obama said, you know, don't say the sky is falling unless the sky is really falling. You know, make sure you're you're keeping up your credibility. But on the other hand, share information about this and, and in particular, share stories. One of the um, most powerful advocacy tools for immigration are are stories because we have we work with so much such wonderful people and um, I think if you can share some examples of young people who you know a a grad student a postdoc an undergrad who wants to get involved in something entrepreneurial and 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 is having challenges those are great stories to to tell your government relations office and maybe to get through to the government or or to congress but particularly to to the um, to the immigration service
1: before we wrap up today, do you have any final words on these topics for our listeners?
0: Um, I, I think the the main thing is just to to be patient. Like we're trying, we're really, again, we're all tired. Where there's a lot of uncertainty, there's inf- new information coming all the time. Let's all just take a deep breath, um, look out for ourselves, you know, uh, pace ourselves because you know I remember myself saying in 2020 oh well 2021 will be a better day in a lot of ways it is a better day but it's still fast-paced and tiring and uncertain and so I think my, my main message to everybody is just take a deep breath don't be afraid to say I don't know make and and just I think the main thing we need to do is encourage our international students and scholars that we're we got their back we're on their side and we're going to get them information as, as soon as we can.
1: That sounds like a good place to to wrap it up. And again, thank you so much for joining me today and discussing these, uh, these things. I know they're top of mind for a lot of people. That's it for this episode of the International Educator Podcast. Visit org slash IE to read the latest issue of the magazine. And thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of NAFSA International Educator Podcast. Please visit NAFSA.org to read more from International Educator Magazine and to join us as a member of NAFSA. Together we can make a better world.